Welcome back to the Wild Feather. This is your host, Brooke Dunwell, and today we have Sherman Laka with us. She is the founder and managing attorney of Level Up Legal, and she's fantastic. She is really into fashion, and she believes in being authentic, and she supports tech and health health startups, restaurants, and artists, and marketing companies, and you name it. She has always had an entrepreneur spirit, and she is a hustler. She's built a powerhouse team at Level Up, and they focus on helping startups with the legal services. So we're in for a treat today, listeners. Charmaine, we are so excited to have you here, and I'm super excited for you to share about what you're doing because I think it will really um, be beneficial to our listeners and to other founders, and uh, I'm super stoked. So thanks for joining me today, and I can't wait to hear what you're up to and tell us how you got there and all that fun stuff with Level Up. Yes, of course. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So how did you become a founder? Like, what's your backstory? Yeah, so I moved to New York when I was about 22, and I left during my last year of law school just because I always knew I wanted to come to New York. It was always, you know, something I had vision for myself. Um, And I think it really comes down to the fact that I always did have that entrepreneurial type of hustler spirit. But when um, you go into a profession like law, there are certain stepping stones that you think you need to achieve in order to, you know, really become what is coined successful in that field. So after law school, I got a job at the attorney general's office, the U.S. attorney's office, Goldman Sachs, and then at a large international law firm. And I felt like, okay, you know, I had done all of those steps that I needed to do to really get to the point of being successful. But when I was there, I really didn't feel connected to the work that I was doing. I was feeling very much like, you know, I didn't do all of this work to sit behind a desk and not really be client facing. And it just really didn't align with who I was as a person. So when I was 29, I just quit. And I decided that, okay, let me just take some time off and figure out what I wanted to do. And obviously that wasn't the, um, my parents weren't very happy about that at the time. (laughs) Um, But I had a couple of friends who had reached out to me and said, you know, they'd always been reaching out to me saying, like, I need some legal advice on X, Y and Z. And I always could never provide it to them because of a conflict of interest. And I wasn't allowed to provide services outside of my law firm. So I thought about it and I said, okay, you know, what if I decide to just start my own practice and I'm just going to work with, you know, a couple of these clients that are startups and see how it goes. Um, So I put up a website and, you know, I started promoting directly on social media and, you know, it suddenly I just kept getting clients and then I started to hire and now we're a team of six. Um, We're still growing. We have an office space in the city. We work with so many great founders, startups, um, entrepreneurs, 
And, you know, it's been an amazing experience. I went from just being thinking I was going to be a solo attorney to actually building a brand for um, these attorneys. And, um, you know, we are an all-female law firm and we really focus and we value on providing authentic service. We really value honoring ourselves as women and not pretending like we have to be somebody else because as lawyers, when we we're always told that, you know, you have to be very buttoned up and that is something that is something that we do not um, really adhere to. So it's been really a great experience so far. That's awesome. So you specifically focus on startups, right? And are they of certain stages? Like, what does that look like from a client standpoint? Yeah, so we work with startups, small businesses, entrepreneurs, founders, um, a lot of social media influencers, actually. So we work in any kind of um, with any kind of client that needs business and IP legal services, and we work with businesses from the start of their business. You know, whether it's filing a legal entity all the way up to raising investment. Uh, we help them with filing trademarks. We help them with contracts and a lot of just general legal advice. And we often act as a legal advisor to businesses that we've developed relationships with. I think that one of the hardest things is finding you know, a good accountant and a good lawyer. And so it, um, it's great that we've able to been able to build out that client base. And what really makes us unique is that we provide flat fees. So we really value transparency in our pricing. And I think that's because with founders, a lot of times law and legal services are their first big expense. And so when they decide to you know, work with an attorney, they're really willing to commit to their business. And so we want to make everything transparent because nothing is worse than getting hit with a big bill by an accountant or an attorney. And, you know, it's a lot of people's biggest fear. So we try to keep that fear as at bay as possible. Right. Well, plus, if you're a founder, not all of them are rolling in cash. Like some of them are a little strapped. So it's nice to know what the pay is. I think finding it, I think an attorney or startup can make or break you. Like it can take you down different roads than what you anticipated. And I've had previous guests on that have had really bad experiences with attorneys. So it took her like three attorneys to get to the one that she really needed that was out for her best interest. So I think it's fantastic what you're doing because it is a pretty big uh, key uh, contributor, I guess, to startups, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, a lot of times we talk to startups that have talked to a couple other attorneys and, you know, you're going to get different types of advice from different attorneys for sure. But one thing that we always try to do is we would like to think practically, you know, spending on legal upfront is important, but we always recommend doing it in different steps because if you're going to put all your money into legal, how are you going to have money to build your business? So you need to do it in different steps depending on what stage you are. While we always say, you know, you want to act proactively versus reactively when it comes to legal, you also just want to be practical too. You know, you want to say, okay, I'm not going to spend ten, twenty thousand dollars on legal because I'm bootstrapping, but I do need to find my legal entity and my trademark. So what can I do or who can I reach out to to get that part done? And then if I need a contract or a service agreement next, once I start generating revenue, 
then I'll, you know, touch base on that. So we do that. So we work with companies through their, through various stages, but we also think practically about their dollar because, you know, we don't want to see the businesses that we work with end up, you know, closing or failing just because they put too much money in places when they really should have been building the business. So it's that kind of strategizing that we want to do to make sure that businesses are secure and startups are able to be protected, but also be smart. Sure. Sure. Now, do you work with startups all over the U.S. or are you specifically focused in certain states? Great question. So we do work with businesses all over the U.S. when it comes to just transactional work. So basically that means, you know, if you are doing real estate or litigation, you have to really be jurisdictionally based because that's where the courts are. But a lot of contracts, a lot of deals, um, you know, they're worked all over across the um, the nation and a lot of businesses are filed in Delaware. And so with transactional contracts, business law, all of that, it's really, you know, dependent. It's really could be any state at that point. Okay. Interesting. And how do people, I'm assuming that they're, like you mentioned, they're all across all different industries, right? So how do people learn about you? Like how did, was it, how did it grow? You know, I mean, I know that you talked about social media and et cetera. Is it word of mouth? Like, I feel like startups, if you get in that community, then you're like golden because we all rely on each other for input and insight and referrals. And, you know, that's like the startup world, right? So great question. We actually get this question all the time from other lawyers and attorneys because if you think about it, you know, in New York, attorneys are a dime a dozen, and people are always asking us, like, how did we start building our client base? So really, it was social media. We completely marketed on social media. We haven't spent a dollar on any advertising. We were consistent. We reached out to different businesses, and we posted constantly. And I think that a lot of the business in our client base were people who were on Instagram, LinkedIn, and then people would send our information over to their friends who needed legal advice. Now we actually do a lot on TikTok. There's a huge legal community on TikTok. So we really value those free resources to help build the business. At first, I was kind of like, oh, are people going to look at us unprofessionally? What's that going to be like? But at the end of the day, that's really been how we built most of our business. Now that we've been around for a little over three years, we've developed partnerships with a lot of the female-founded brands like 10th House, Female Founders Collective, I Fund Women, Luminary, all of these great resources for women. And we've become some of their partners or preferred vendors. And for me particularly, it's a lot of referrals, but a lot of the new attorneys that I bring on, they handle a lot of their own book of business. So they do a lot of outreach on Instagram, on Clubhouse, on whatever it is, platforms to just try to connect with clients. I think there's a learning curve. You know, in my opinion, no matter what profession that you're in, you have to learn how to sell your business and sell yourself. As an attorney, we do we do one consultation with someone and we're asking them to spend a lot of money on our services. So making sure that we take the time to actually build that trust and guarantee that we can deliver the service that we do is really important. So I try to teach the women in my firm, you know, about the steps it takes to build a book of business and hopefully get some life skills on selling and marketing and just being a good entrepreneur and attorney. Right. So did you, well, I have a couple of questions around the social media thing because I'm fascinated and um, I think some people get really overwhelmed when they think about um, 
having to post consistently, right? So did you do all of your social media yourself? So initially it was just me and I would have been lucky if I could post twice a week because it took me so much time. And now we have two interns that really take control of that. I think, you know, a lot of attorneys or businesses, they're really scared to hire. I think, you know, obviously it's a really, really scary thing sometimes to start paying for different contractors, etc. but it's really helped us. So what we do now is we have a calendar that we put together every week and we do everything on Canva. So we have a color scheme that we work with. We do two posts on Instagram a day, one TikTok a day. We put that on reels. We take the Instagram post, we put it onto um, LinkedIn and then Twitter. So we cross post across those channels. Right now we're actually looking to get more into YouTube and YouTube shorts, um, which is, you know, it is the TikToks, a lot of them can repost, but it it takes a lot of time. And um, we're also looking at Pinterest because that's a great way to get a lot of SEO. Um, There's all these different, there's all this different information that your Instagram post can get, you know, 5,000 views but your Pinterest post can get millions of views. So with us, our clientele is a lot of these small businesses, a lot of these founders, and a lot of them are on Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, whatever it is. So we time block two hours a day to um, have the interns post across all channels so that they're not overwhelmed. So usually from like 10 to 12, they're doing all of the posting. And then on Mondays, we block out. Um, actually, now we move to Thursdays. Thursdays, we don't take any calls. We do a full business development day. And four hours of that day is um, just filming so we block film so it's not like we're are you doing are you doing dancing like are you doing the filming because i find that to be the most time consuming part so yes but the best thing is is that we have i have a team of six right so with the team of six the really important thing is is that i a lot of these attorneys on tiktok are a lot of these founders are the base of their business right so it's just them for me, I found it really important that the women also were the face of the business as well. So I made sure that they were always, you know, on the TikToks, on the social media, so that our client base got familiar with them because they take client calls too. If it was just me, then people would only expect to see me. But if you reach out to another one of my associates, they're familiar with her, their face, they're familiar with everything that... Um, they are and so it helps with that so while we both film on thursdays it's all of us doing it and we probably put together like 15 or 20 videos and we save sounds throughout the week that we like and then you know we'll put the the caption part you know over that later but it it's a process but now we're kind of used to it and it does take time so if you're a founder that is worried it takes time it takes time but it's it's definitely worth it I think the time blocking is key, right? Like time blocking is huge, whether it's like time blocking for writing or prepping for those videos or whatever's going to go in those videos and then those videos. So do you guys dance? I haven't seen, I got to look, I'm going to look you up on TikTok. I haven't, I have, I haven't been on TikTok since COVID, but. Uh, oh, oh, you have to get back on there. Um, <laughs> I'm too busy now. Like during COVID, it was my entertainment. But uh, yeah, I would love to. Like, do you guys dance? Like, how okay, creative? So, some personal stuff. Like, I feel like 
your business is legal yes but there's which there's a marketing component which i think is like applicable to everyone's startup right like you can't you yeah. still have that and i think that's so awesome that you're incorporating you're getting you're going to where you're meeting them where they are right because all these startups are on social media too trying to promote their products and promote their ideas and whatnot so i love that you're meeting them there because i don't think a lot of legal people do that yeah the lawyers i work with they're not on tiktok um you'd be surprised a lot of these really big attorneys are on TikTok. Really? TikTok community. Yeah. Millions and millions of followers, criminal attorneys, you know, all of that. We don't dance. That's my one thing. I I try to make it as professional as possible. So we're big voiceover girls. We'll take a funny sound or like a Kardashian thing and then we we just voice it over and then we put something that makes sense with their business. So for example, like we'll if if it's about filing a trademark, we'll have something like, oh, when someone thinks that they can file a trademark themselves um, or something like that. So um, it makes it a little easier. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. I love it, love it, love it. Okay, so you have six people right now. How did you find um, the right people to hire? Like, how did you grow I mean, the fact that you are all women, I think that's really cool. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't intentional necessarily to be all women, but it was, um, you know, I think that a lot of women are underrepresented. There are a lot of minority women, and I think it's important to, um, you know, really represent that. I am definitely open to hiring men. We get that comment all the time. You know, why is it all women, et cetera. But, um, you know, it just happened to be that way. And I think that we gel really well together. We work with a lot of female founders. I think women tend to have a little more empathy when it comes to the legal field. But a lot of times I have to tell myself if I'm taking on work that, you know, seems like, you know, a clients that are taking a lot of out of me or, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, spending too much time and it's draining me. I sometimes think to myself like, okay, what will my male counterparts do? in this situation, like, would they be charging for this? Would they be doing this? So I have to put on both hats sometimes to think like, okay, what is the best use of my time in the situation? Yeah, interesting. So what are you, what are your plans? Like, do you have big aspirations? Because I, I love that you kind of fell into this, not really fell into it, but it wasn't like your childhood dream to have your own law firm and blah, 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 right? It just, by the way of, your career and how that all transpired. So now that you have this established, do you have big plans? So, you know, it wasn't, I don't know if it was always my childhood dream to be an attorney, but it was always my dream to be an entrepreneur. And I think I kind of forgot about that aspect. Actually, I went to um, a wedding for one of my sorority sisters it's been a little while, right? And so they were like, you know, you always said you wanted to do something like this. And I was like, I did? I said that? And they were like, yeah, you were always going to do something like this. And I, I reflected and sometimes you forget about that aspect. Um, but, you know, I feel really grateful. I never really thought I would be the type of person who would love what I did. I always thought that, okay, I'm going to have, you know, be a career as a lawyer. It's a stable job. It's, you know, a great profession. And then I'm going to 
do something passionate on the side. I don't really know, but I was able to combine both. Um, and you know, we, I love the work that I do. I love the clients that I work with. I love my team. I love that we have a really great creative aspect with the social media. Um, you know, we get to work with people that inspire us. So that's been just such a rewarding experience. Um, sometimes I forget that I, I started this, you know, because the team that I have has been so instrumental in helping me build this. And um, like I sometimes just step outside of myself and say like, wow, you know, I, I did do something like this and I don't know how it all happened or how quickly it did, but it did. Um, but my goal overall is to be the premier law firm um, and, you know, the, the premier women owned law firm and really build Level Up Legal as not just a law firm, but a brand, a brand that um, is known for helping startups, founders, underrepresented entrepreneurs, and giving them legal advice on an affordable basis and hiring people who are able to really respect all aspects of who they are and not feel like they have to hide, you know, who they are, what they're interested in, because it's supposed to be a certain way when you're a lawyer or an attorney. So um, that's really my goal. And I think that, you know, we're trying to build that and really foster that type of environment. And I'm actually excited to see where we're going. Um, We've been doing a lot in the Web3 and NFT space. We are the first law firm to launch an NFT, which we did during NFT NYC week. We're doing, you know, a huge event for lawyers and a lot of, we have a full panel on influencers in the legal space. So um, we really do want to spread and share the knowledge of what we built and hopefully help other attorneys and law firms and students and people who are interested in this profession have, you know, understand that there are things that you can do that really hone into all of your passions. Yeah. So how, curiosity, how do the legal, how can I word this? Um, are the, do are there different legal applications that you've had to learn because of the technology and the NFTs and like social media influencer, I think would probably require a little bit different legal components than what a software company might have, right? Do they, do they cover all that in law school or is it something that you learn and you adapt for, I have no idea, obviously I'm not in law, but curious how that works. <laughs> Great question. Um, what do they teach you in law school? It they teach you how to balance. They teach you how to, you know, identify issues. They teach you a lot of that. Um, but I went to law school, you know, almost. I don't even know how long ago. I graduated in two thousand fourteen. So about eight years ago, and a lot of our classes were really, um, really standard. They didn't have as much that was really as applicable. So I learned a lot through my different positions and through the position itself, you know, managing the business. Um, business law generally is, there are a lot of standard clauses and things to know, but a lot of the th- things that I have learned are through being the founder of this law firm. Now a lot of the interns or people we bring on, I ask them what kind of classes they're taking. They're taking a lot of classes that are much more relevant and applicable to the type of work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. So I think now they're learning a little more in law school about how to um, really be ready for this type of law. But generally, most of the things that you practice are going to be things that you learn on the job. People always ask, like, what did you learn? Like, what did you decide to focus on in law school? It's pretty general, to be honest. Unless you're doing something like tax, you are just really focusing on you know, general legal knowledge. 
yeah i've heard that that you like pick your niche like later like the first job you get or like the internships yeah. that you take yeah yeah interesting ah uh, uh that's cool so um do you ever see yourself working with companies that aren't startups so yeah i think i do i it's interesting because you know when i left my last position i was pretty junior i didn't really have you know as much of a backing and now i have you know a lot of larger companies and you know people who are a little more substantial, not just startups reaching out for our legal advice. Um, and it's amazing what can happen in three years if you just set yourself up that way. So, you know, I think that generally we always work with all kinds of different founders, entrepreneurs, and startups. I don't really see myself ever working for a company or leaving Level Up or doing anything different at the moment. But, um, you know, what's great about being the founder of this firm is that we're able to, you know, take things that we're interested in and apply them to our position and work with the clients that we care about. So if I ever decide to stop working with startups, um, I think that I can still, you know, work through Level Up Legal and help those clients and build out new practice areas. Like if a Fortune 100 company, or we'll, we'll, we'll back it up. That's a little extreme. So if a company came to you and they were not a startup and they had been around for 20 years and they were, we'll just say a $1 billion company, would you be open to helping them right now from level up or would so you turn the business away? Like what do you do? Of those, most of those businesses actually have an in-house attorney and right. they will outsource. And we've worked with larger companies that have outsourced to us. Um, okay. Work with you know businesses that will need us for trademarking services, etc. I mean, the reason that they are such um, profitable businesses because they know when to cut costs and what to look out for. It's incredible the types of people that will reach out to us because they found um, us on TikTok. People of all ages, people of all types of backgrounds. So it's very interesting because I would the people I least expect to find us on social media are the ones that end up hiring us for the most amount of services and you know people are like oh how do you guys find each other i'm like tiktok really mm. love it tiktok's where it's at love it love it so what advice would you give to an entrepreneur um that's starting out or um a startup so you know, when I started my business, I didn't really have much of a plan and it ended up being okay for me because I'm one of those people who, when I have an idea, I'm really diligent about it. But I do think that having a business plan and having an, an alternative, if something doesn't go right in that plan is really important. Um, people always say, you know, have a 12 month plan. I change my mind constantly. So I say like maybe three to six months and then if you need to pivot, pivot. I think that definitely having a balance but working extremely hard. So my schedule is crazy. My The things I spend my time on, I people are often telling me, you know, you need to take a break, but I'm like a break from what? I enjoy all the things that I do. So I think that I would tell entrepreneurs that, you know, have a business plan, know that you're going to be working hard and every hour is going to be spent somehow. But I also think that for entrepreneurs, they need to understand that a lot of what they're doing is not just work at the computer. 
you have to be a person that, as I mentioned, is selling what you do, who you are, and getting people to really trust in what you're what you're selling and the company that you built. When we think about the most successful companies, we know the person behind it, and we kind of, you know, then see both of those together, the company and the person and what they represent, how that represents them. So I think being the face of your business, no matter where you are in tech, um, clothing, anything, products, it's important to really represent the company. So keeping strong relationships is huge. I can't tell you how many relationships that I've built with strong women, you know, founders, all of that, that referred me and um, that have helped me so much in my business. So the network is key as well. So there's also all those, you know, aspects. I think everybody, every entrepreneur kind of knows that, but I it's true. I mean, if we know it, it's what it is. And um, I think you get caught up. You get so caught up in like building, building, building that some of these things you know, but you don't make it a priority. Right. I mean, even um, for example, a lot of a lot of you know different lawyers have comments about the fact that we post so much on social media. A lot of people say a lot, you know, and but at the end of the day, when they want to start a product. They ask me, okay, how did you do the marketing? How did you get these influencers involved? They're costing four to ten thousand dollars a post. We don't have the budget. You have, you know, you have to build that organically. And while sometimes it feels a little bit cringy, you just got to do it. I think you know, being fearless and just saying, okay, you know what, I'm just gonna do it. And like, regardless of what anybody says, because if they're talking about you, obviously, you know. That's all press is good press when it comes to your business and building out that community in the beginning, at least. Right, right. That's awesome. Okay. And anything that you, from a legal standpoint, what would you tell a startup that would be like maybe top two, top three most crucial things to do? The top two or three most crucial things to do would be to build a business plan, have a strategy for networking, and have a strategy for building the brand, regardless of what industry you're in. If you are in tech, you want to be the top XYZ of the the software that you're building. You want to be the best product of that space. You want to you know, make sure that you have a strategy for building that because that's really what differentiates the different companies, in my opinion. Is there anything legally that companies forget to do that's like a must do from uh, startups? I mean, do you see a common thread of things that they absolutely need to get done So we've had a lot of recent, our biggest issues that we get um, are between partners and between people who have equity in different businesses. So that's what I deal with a lot. So a lot of times two founders will start a business, best intentions, we're both going to split, we're both going to do all this work. Time and work really changes things and some people don't deliver, some people you know, back out, etc. but they've given the equity away. So that's the biggest mistake that I've seen. People who don't, you know, strategize for what happens if one partner doesn't fulfill their obligations or one partner wants to step away and then they're backpedaling, panicking, trying to 
you know, come to an agreement. And that takes a lot of time, energy and effort. That's something that I really recommend is that if you're bringing on somebody for equity or you're splitting equity, just have a plan in advance because it saves a lot of pain and time after that. And then we always recommend businesses, especially brands and products, file a trademark. We've had so many businesses that, you know, don't file their trademark and then they start branding and marketing and building out their client base under a certain name. And then the name is taken or they get a season this and they have to change it. And it's really hard sometimes to build back that momentum after you've already done so with the brand. So that's what I would recommend those two for sure. So from it, okay. For a trademark, if you're selling, is that, does, okay. If you have services, then is there a does a trademark apply or is a trademark just for the name like a brand or is it for products like educate us on that so you can file a trademark for goods or services and you can file a trademark for the name itself or a design trademark for the logo we always recommend um filing at least first the standard trademark for the name a lot of times people put their name in their logo, so you're kind of already doing a bit of protection there on the logo by trademarking the name. You want to trademark in every single class that you are or that you intend to provide services in, but we don't recommend doing a huge you know, trademarking in every class possible because you actually have to prove it once the time comes to show that you're actually using the mark um, in commerce. So any good, any service, it can't be, you know, a lot of times people try to trademark slogans or things that they're not really using in connection with a good or service, and that's where we can't really assist. Um, but even, you know, if you, you have a company that works with a lipstick brand, they trademark every single name of their lipstick. They trademark the company, they trademark their logos, um, and it's really an asset and it's part of your intellectual property. So. For example, you can trademark the Wild Feather podcast and then no other business could create the same or similar type of business with that name in the podcast field. But if someone wanted to do the Wild Feather bracelets, that's a whole different category. They're potentially able to do that. Mm. I think I need to get some trademarks. <laughs> yeah, you can reach out to it. I'm like sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, I haven't done this with anything. Uh, okay, very good. I think that component alone, uh, I don't think everybody knows that. In fact, um, yeah, I think that's good advice. And just out of curiosity, I was going to look at your fee services. Like a trademark, is it expensive? So we're actually very marketable, if not quite below market rate for our trademark services. Um, we offer three different types of trademark services. So some people just want assistance with filing. The USPTO website is so dated, it's really hard to file a trademark on there. So some people are like, you know what, I just want to file my trademark and I just can't not maneuver to the site. So we offer assistance with just the filing to make sure it's done correctly. Because once you file, the filing fees are relatively expensive and there's no refunds. So filing correctly, that's a loss right there. We have a mid-level, which is like a high-level search. So if you, we always recommend doing a search because you want to get the lay of the land to see what other competitive marks are out there before you file. So we do a high-level, which is limited to an hour where we see what other potential marks are conflicting 
to prevent the fact that, you know, either we guide you on how to potentially change the name on the website or amend your classes or really set you up for the best likelihood to get your registration. We also offer our highest level of service, which is a full memorandum, which gives you a full paper memorandum of every competitive mark out there, things you may not even have no you were going to be filed, so that you get an understanding of how successful your registration is going to be. With that, we help you with your descriptions to make sure your descriptions are appropriate when you are filing. And it's just really important to get that done at the right time because from filing, you can put the little TM next to your name, indicating that you filed the trademark. And it is generally a first come first serve type of filing. However, it can take up to a year to get the registration, which is the R with the circle next to it. So it's a process for sure. We monitor the trademark through the entire process if you bring us on to assist you with that. Mm. Good to know. So what do you want your legacy to be? So at Relatively Young, I haven't thought about my legacy, but I guess that is something that we should think about. I do think that, you know, from a legacy perspective, I, like I mentioned, I want to, I want to own the premier law firm, you know, focused on representing underrepresented founders and entrepreneurs, um, giving students and attorneys an opportunity to work with clients they care about in an environment that is really healthy, in my opinion, and I'm sure of the opinion of my team, and just have fun with what they're doing. I think that we spend a lot of our time at work, and I know we do, we spend a lot of time working, and I want to make it as an enjoyable experience as possible for everybody, including myself. So there's a couple of things that I want to be known for, and I think that you know what I've been building here, I've really been trying to um, develop. And so... Hopefully this is, you know, part of the legacy. I think I got a lot more up my sleeve, so we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so how can we help you? What can we do for you? So, you know, anytime anybody needs legal services, you know, I'm happy to speak to them. We offer free consultations. We do like to help anybody we can to make sure they're protected. Um, you know, that's really all we you know, we really value is just making sure that we can help out as many people as possible. So, um, yeah, anybody who needs legal services, please send them my way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I certainly will be putting your information on <laughs> the info and in on LinkedIn and Instagram and um, on our website. So we're in the middle of redoing our website. We're going to put resources. So we'll add you to that. If anyone's curious, you go to Level Up Legal. So it's LBL up legal which i love the name of your um firm and uh fantastic resource for any entrepreneur influencer uh startup it sounds like it doesn't matter what industry or where you're at in the u.s so fantastic i love it i wish i knew you years ago (laughs) but now now i do so yay i'm excited so we i'm so happy that you joined us today and you shared your story and i love what you're doing to impact um and help the startup community because um it's cool it's awesome thank you thank you so much for your time and i'm gonna check out your tiktok is it just level up legal on tiktok yes it is yeah all right you TikTok lovers, check up level up. <laughs> Yay.
excited. So thanks again. Um, and uh, we will include all of our links and everything um, in this episode. Great. Thank you so much.